Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. We're continuing our series, Word to the Wise. This is our summer series. We're spending the summer in the book of Proverbs, and this is part three of our series and I'm really excited because it's the first time that I'm sharing a message in this series. We had two awesome messages being shared by our friend Marquis, who came from Texas and shared a message two weeks ago about the importance of your words. And last week, you guys got to hear from our very own Dan DePaula, who shared a message about the importance of keeping your heart pure. Now, Proverbs is a great book to read. It's a great book to read as a man because it begins as a set of instructions for a young man. For, it's an advice for that person's son. It's also a great book to read as a woman because, and ladies, you will like this, wisdom in the book of problems, in the Proverbs, is a woman. Wisdom is a lady. It's referred to as a she. And I find it very interesting that it gives it, it gives. Uh, wisdom, a, fema- a feminine gender. It gives wisdom that motherly, n- nurturing, strong feature, that ne- the necessary feature. Now, of course, the book of problems speaks to all of us, and it is written with the trials and the tests of all people in mind, and it's a highly practical book. Uh, just to set up the progression of the book, uh, it's a book that's based on wisdom, But you see a progression in the beginning of the book that follows and extends through all the 31 chapters. Chapter 1, it addresses relationships, friendships, peer pressure. Chapter 2, it moves onto the importance of wisdom and its benefits, and it talks about folly as well. Chapter 3, there's a crescendo, and it builds them to the, the, the importance of trusting the Lord with everything in our lives. Chapter 4 talks about the heart. Guarding our heart, as we heard about last week. And then chapters 5 through 7, the author moves through a theme of discipline. The importance of discipline in life. And discipline specifically in three areas. Lust, money, and work. So we're going to navigate these areas as we, as we learn from Proverbs in the next few weeks. Until the end of the month of August, and I want to encourage you to come back every Sunday if you can, if you're in town, because we're going to talk about these pitfalls that we face. And Proverbs, we can, with, we can withdraw and extract from Proverbs a lot of wisdom for us to navigate through life and continue to grow in our journey of faith. But today, today I want to talk to you about circles. And I forgot to bring my little easel, my trusty easel out here. I'm sorry to walk away from the stage on you. But uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about circles today, the importance of circles. Now, every one of us, we came into the world as part of a circle. You were already, as you came into the world, a fundamental part, a principal part of a circle. If you were born to a dip- typical family, you had your mom and you had your dad, and possibly you had your grandparents. Maybe you even had siblings, and that was your circle. But even if you didn't know one of your parents, 
or even if you grew up apart from your blood family, for better or for worse, you were part of a circle. You were inhered in that circle. That's because we are relational beings. And as such, we seek relationships. We want to be in a circle. So as your life progressed and you began to develop your social skills, you found yourself in a circle, in other circles. And you also realized when you were probably a kid that your parents had a circle and your friends had a circle and your siblings had their circle. And you probably realized also that everyone you knew were not only part of your circle, but they had other circles too. And we are all intertwined and interconnected in these circles. And here what you realize, if you pause for a moment, and you just take a moment to go back, take a little nice stroll down memory lane, and think about some of the circles that you were a part of in your life. If you go way back, you probably don't remember when you were in kindergarten. But you had a circle when you were in kindergarten. You had a circle when you were in third grade. And guess what? Those circles were not the same. Because most circles in life are temporary. They're seasonal. Your fifth grade circle wasn't the same as your high school circle. And if you went to college and you're now leading a career, your career circle is not the same as your college circle. Maybe some people intertwine there. But those circles are all in your past. That's because circles change. Circles, if I can spell circles, change. Our circles change. Now, just because they're seasonal, it does not mean that they are insignificant. In that season, in that moment in life, that circle was important and it helped shape you. Since your very young age, the circle, the friendships, the influences that you had, they helped shape you. They had an imprint in your life. And many of them helped you develop and become the person that you are today. That's because circles not only change, but circles change you. Your circles change you. Now, if you think about some of the circles that you were a part of, some of them, you don't even talk to them anymore. Most of them, really. And if you're honest, you don't even like those people. Right? You're like, I'm so glad I'm not part of that circle anymore. You didn't even like him. <laughs> now, if you were blessed to, the, to be part of some good circles, maybe they're still part of your life. Maybe you're still in that context. Maybe even from a distance, you, you keep in touch because you want those relationships that enriched you, that added to your life. You want to keep them around. But statistically, most of us have transitioned from circle to circle to circle our whole lives. As we progress, as we look to move forward, as we look to the next phase and next season in life, 
we joined new circles. And the book of Proverbs begins with a stern warning about the kinds of circles where we choose to be a part of. Right from chapter 1, verse 8, we hear and we see. He writes, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Here we have a picture of a young man who has a strong and healthy circle. His first circle, his mom and dad. And this young man has a healthy foundation. He has a healthy family unit in this picture painted here in Proverbs. A young man who is blossoming in his youth. He is growing in his youth. He's beginning to gain his independence. He's beginning to, to venture out into some new circles. There are some opportunities in his life to connect to some new people. He is no longer going to be protected and shielded by their parents' circle, by his parents' circle. The father and the mother are releasing him into the world to build relationships with whomever he chooses. He gets the choice. But they don't send him unprepared. They don't send him without strong guidance. They give him strong guidance. Here, my son. Here. In other words, remain teachable. Remain humble. Don't think that because you're now gained some maturity that you can turn your back on sound wisdom. Don't think that because you have gained some knowledge or independence that you can turn your back on sound advice. Hear, heed. It's really a beautiful picture that the scriptures paint of you and me. Because no matter how old or how young you are here today, no matter your background, no matter whether you're a man or a woman, a male or a female, you are that son in the scripture. We are that son. You are the soul constantly growing, evolving, learning, venturing out, breaking molds. You are that soul rising to new heights. And in this passage, God takes the shape of a loving father and a nurturing mother. God takes the shape of the parents in that picture, giving that young soul the loving care and instruction that he needs. That's you and me. And from the outset in this book, the very first chapter, God's intentions are clear. His intentions for you and his intentions for me are made clear. What are his intentions? He wants you to succeed. He wants you to do well. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to grow. And wisdom serves the purpose of not only giving you knowledge for knowledge's sake, but wisdom gives you and serves the purpose of giving you knowledge so that you may succeed and so that you may prosper, so that you may make wise decisions. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to win. And He is inviting us into His circle. He's inviting us to have a relationship with Him and to be part of His 
circle. And if we choose to be a part of it, the reward is clear. There will be garlands on your head. That means you will be distinguished. There will be a necklace for your neck. That means you will have authority. You will have honor. You will do well. Life will have the proper reward for your wise choices, even if it means you have to make some sacrifices. So the very first instruction is one that will make you or break you in life. So you have a lot of things that we are concerned about, a lot of things that we aim toward, and they involve our studies and careers and, and how we're going to provide for families and uh, what kind of person we're going to be in our, in our community. But here we have the foundational most important element that will, that will decide whether you're going to do well or not in every season and in every, and in every part of life. And that is your circle. What kind of circle you're going to be a part of. What kind of community you will insert yourself in. Next verse. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. A strong guidance. See, because we're relational beings, we see loneliness. We see lack of connection as a plague. As something that we should, we should not endure as relational beings. Something to be avoided at all costs because we yearn to belong. We yearn to be a part of a circle. We yearn to connect. And from time to time, we will find ourselves in seasons where we long to be in a circle that will provide the meaningful kind of connections that we want. And then for some reason, in that season, we won't have it. You've been through seasons like that. Where you, you just wanted to have a friend, a couple friends, a circle, people that are in your corner. And for, for whatever reason, in that season, you didn't have it. They weren't there. Maybe because you moved. Maybe you moved jobs, you moved careers, you moved locations. And you had to start over. Maybe you just had a baby. Like we're about to have our fourth. And if you, made a, if you make a transition from being a couple without kids to being a couple with kids, let those of us who have already gone through that transition warn you. Some relationships can't transition. They can't make the jump. Because they were the kind of friends that would call you on at 8.30 on a Friday and say, hey, you want to go catch a movie? And you'd be like, nah. I got the night feed. But really in your, in your head, you're like, I don't want to leave my baby to go sit in a theater and watch a screen. Got my family. Sorry, the priorities have changed. There's something much more valuable in my life now. And no, if you want to catch a movie, 4 p.m. We can do that. <laughs> 4 p.m. You know? I'll be there at 4 Man, you old. No, I just found purpose for, for an 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> Maybe it's because you buried yourself in work at your job or school and you haven't made time to invest into relationships. So that season, you know, the circle is just not there. 
where you had a falling out. Maybe a relationship that you invested in that you thought was going to last a lifetime ended. Maybe your marriage ended and it was sad and, and you had to go through the process of starting over, building new circles. Maybe a friendship ended and you had to move on from that. Listen, we just went through a season of collective loneliness. So I know that at some level, this hits home for you. Because we just spent months being told not to participate in the most elementary thing that we were built and wired to do, which is community. All of a sudden, the whole world is like, hey, do not hang out with your friends. Don't do it. It's wrong. You're putting them in danger. And for a season, that was the wise thing to do. But our souls are still dealing with it. Because we are relational beings. And I don't know if you have noticed how the evil one has taken advantage of these months that we had to lock down. Because not only did we lock down, the intention of the lockdown was to safeguard our friends, to protect those that we love. And immediately, I feel like there was... And the evil spirit just swept through our communities to just divide everybody in every, in every area. And so now we look at our friends differently. We look at our communities differently. We judge people differently because of this time that we've had apart. And I believe the Lord wants to be healed from that. But here's what happens in those moments where you're not part of a circle and you desperately want to be part of a circle you will find a way to cope. And you will cope in one of two ways. You will either compensate, meaning you will have experiences that replace the real thing. Experiences that are not really the meaningful ones, but they at least get your blood flowing, right? So we will cope. You'll replace a physical relationship. You'll replace an intimate relationship of emotional connection with a physical relationship. You'll use substances or, or buy your, bury yourself in even more work. You'll go shop, buy some stuff, fill the house with new stuff that you don't need, get rid of the old stuff, and get in debt. That's the compensating side. Or on the other side, the other way to cope with it is that you compensate. Meaning, if I can't find the circle that has the standards and the values that I hold, I'm just going to bring the standards down because I got to belong somewhere. So I'll be part of a circle. So you give yourself, you allow for emotional intimacy with the wrong people. You, you just allow yourself to be part of the wrong crowd. And ultimately, you let go of your highest aims. You compromise in your value, in your virtues, and in your character. Why? Because being alone got so bad that you decided or we decided that it is better to be in an unhealthy, dysfunctional circle than to be alone and outside every circle. Because we're relational beings. In other words, we would rather be in a gang than be a lonely saint. Because we need people. 
And this is where we see so many go sideways, especially young men in our society. I want you to grasp this. A, sh grasp this. a short season in the wrong circle can ruin your life forever. A short season. doesn't have to be a long season. Just a few poor decisions. A few unwise choices can change the course of your life and compromise your future. So for such an urge that we have to belong, for such a strong need that we have to be a part of something exciting, God personified in the picture of a loving father and a caring mother in this scripture gives us a warning. Just as strong. Son, daughter, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Don't go for it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Hold your ground. He continues, verse 11. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let's, let us swallow them alive and whole. Like those who go down to the pit. In other words, let's take advantage of those who are unaware. Because you snooze, you lose, man. Let's get ahead at the expense of others. Let's be the ones who rise to the top even if it causes other people misfortune. Verse 13, we shall find all precious goods. We shall find, or we shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. Come on in. Be part of our circle. We will have one purse. We will share in everything. Come on in. You, you, you be part of it. That means we're boys. That means you're my girl. Come on in. Be part of our circle. We can get ahead. We can rise to the top. We can make all the money. <laughs> you know, the good voice and the bad voice. We can reach fame, popularity, fortune. And we'll reap the rewards together. Verse 15, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. In other words, I've seen this happen before. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain a net is spread in the sight of any bird. But these men, these men lie in wait with their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives, and they don't even know about it. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. In other words, pay attention to what your circle is greedy for. Pay attention to what your circle wants. What is the takeaway from that circle? What do they want to do all the time? Is that, is that what you want? What is the fruit of that circle? What is the result of being in that circle? Do you even want to have any part in that? My amazing wife, uh, she's really amazing. Can't thank God enough for that one. Uh, she has our daughters on a summer reading plan. And uh, they're reading the Bible. Honey, love you. She's watching us. They're reading the Bible 
uh, in the summer, and my little ones, we have twins, uh, both seven-year-old, Chloe and Peyton, they're reading through the Gospels. And my eldest, Maya, she's reading uh, through the Psalms. And so one of my little ones, Chloe, she came up to me the, 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 other, the other day because what she does is she will not only read a passage of the Gospels, she'll write down the passage that she reads on her, on her little uh, notebook. So she said, Daddy, can I read the passage that I, read, that I wrote down for you today? I said, sure. I, I'd love to hear that. So here's the passage. Matthew 21, verse 18 and 19. In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. Solid scripture for a seven-year-old. So he asked her, What did you understand from it? And she said, Jesus was hungry. <laughs> I was like, Okay. And, uh, and, and what happened? Uh, the tree didn't have fruit? It's like, yeah. And, and why did Jesus curse the tree? And then she said, what is curse? So we had to go through that. Uh, <laughs> it took a little bit. And so I explained that to her. And, and then I said, why did Jesus curse the tree? Uh, because the tree didn't have any fruit. Yeah. But, but why did he do that? I was like, exactly. Why did he do that? Then I asked her, if we had an apple tree in our yard that never gave us apples, would it even be an apple tree? Would it be worth anything? She said, no. She was so emphatic. She was like, no. No, it's not good for anything. If we can get apples from an apple tree, no. I was like, yeah, there's, I mean, it could be an orange. It could be any kind of tree if it doesn't have any fruit, right? It's like, yeah. Purpose of a, of a, of a tree that gives fruit is, is the fruit. And I told her, and that's, and, and so, so what's the fruit of your life? What kind of fruit do you give? And she said, I like strawberries. I was like, all right, think abstract. She said, what's abstract? So we have to go through that. So I think things that you can't hold. What are some of the fruit in your life? And she was like, uh, uh. So I, I felt like I needed to give her a, a gimme, you know, like a, a little, little setup. And, and I was like, how about love? Oh, yes, love, goodness, Kindness, being kind to my neighbors, like, yeah, that's a fruit in your life. That's your fruit. And what Jesus is saying here, the lesson here is this. Life that doesn't bear good fruit will wither and die. It's as simple as that. A circle that doesn't bear good fruit will wither and die. Friendships will dissolve. There will be infighting. And that thing is just going to be a goner. God made you so that you may produce good fruit. Make sure that your circles reflect that. Make sure that the people you hang out with, people that are part of your life, reflect that. Choose your circles wisely. So I want to help you with that today. I want to give you three foundational circles in your life that you need to establish. And uh, I would encourage you to do that. Strongly, I would encourage you. So I first have to draw you. I'm not a, 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 a sketch artist, okay? So uh, you're going to be a stick figure today. Some of you are like, yeah, I'd love to be a stick figure. Uh, I'm going to give you medium-sized hair. 
so that the guys and the ladies can kind of, you know, this is like a little young Jesus. All right? So there you go. You are here. Like those little maps, right? There you are. Three circles that you need to be a part of. Your first circle should be your relationship with God. It's important that you make God your circle, your primary circle. Make sure that your relationship with God is alive. Make sure that you have a vibrant connection with God that goes beyond the Sundays, that goes beyond watching, beyond listening to a podcast. In fact, if, you, if you're not accustomed to reading your scripture, and I know that if you're not, probably the first thing you do in the morning is you don't want to confess it. You grab your phone. That's what you do, isn't it? You don't have to raise your hand. I know. If that's what you do, let me encourage you to do this. Just download the Bible app. Turn on notifications so that when you pick up your phone in the morning, there's a Bible verse right there. I'm not going to tell you, don't hold your phone because in two weeks you're going to be doing it again. So just, just turn that for you, right? Just, just make it work for you. Download the Bible app. They'll send you daily Bible verses and just read it. And then give yourself five minutes before you check your email, before you check uh, social media. Just give yourself five to ten minutes to meditate on that scripture and pray that scripture. Whatever it's written there, just say, God, make that alive in my life. If it speaks to you, say, God, help me come, become better, better at it. And you will see it'll set your day up in a, in, a, in a whole new way. Worship and pray every day. And let God be your identity. There's so many voices trying to tell you who you are, trying to tell you who you're not, trying to tell you how to think. Let your source be God. Your second circle is your family. Your family. This is a very important circle. This is a complicated circle. This can be a very messy circle. Because you have no control over this circle. So I can say, be happy, be joyful. And you say, I'm trying, but they're crazy. <laughs> Some of you, you're proud of your family. You have a great family unit. Some of you, not so much. There's infighting, there's division, and you try. And I want to ask you to not give up on your family. Pray for your family. Honor your parents the best you can. I'm not saying that you should be a doormat and just, you know, just, just let them do whatever they want. I'm saying be strong in love. Be strong in forgiveness. Be light to your family. Be the, the, the voice of wisdom. Be someone that they can count on. And if you are married, that's your principal unit, okay? Your spouse is your family, more than your blood family. Get that straight, okay? If you have kids, that's your family. And I want to encourage you, if you have children, whether they live with you or you're already an empty nester, make sure that your marriage is strong. Because strong marriages bless children. When children see parents that get along, that love each other, that support each other, and they fight right, they know how to support each other through, through thick and thin, they get a stronger sense of security and identity and self. So make sure you invest in your marriage. 
and have a strong family unit. And then the third circle that is very important, and I'm going to try to put it alongside the family here without, it's more like an egg than a circle. <laughs> it's, I'm going to call it church. Because I'm a pastor, and I can. <laughs> I'm going to call it church because the original word, ch word church, if you're a church person, you know, it's ecclesia, and it simply means gathering, the gathering of the saints, the gathering of people of faith, coming together. So we, the years, have made church into an institution and into a liturgy. So church for you might be a place that you go to here where you sing four songs and pray and, and you hear a message and then you go home and that's church. No, that's not church. Church is your circle of faith, your connection to people who are connected to God. And godly relationships are really important. Mutual encouragement in the faith is really important. Prayer, godly vision, daring, people that can dare you to do the impossible, that's really important. Does that mean that you shouldn't have Christian friends? No, absolutely not. It actually means the opposite. It means that when you have a strong, godly circle, you will shine a light on those relationships. So make them stronger. Connect to your, to your friends who, who are not Christian. Yes. Be in their lives. Shine the light of God because you have what they need. You have the strength, the resilience, the faith, the love that they need. However, if you are serious about your relationship with God and you are not cultivating godly friendships... Your spiritual life is incomplete. You're not going to grow. In other words, if you want the life of God in you, but you're not in a godly circle, all you do is go from event to event. It's going to be really hard for you to grow. You need people to rub shoulders with. Iron sharpens iron, the scripture says. And your closest friends will be your biggest influencers. The people who are closest to you are the people who are going to help you set the course for your life. And you better have some godly men in your life, young man, if you want to reach your dreams in life. If you want to see God move in your life. You better have some godly ladies in your life, ladies, if you want to see God's way in your life. Otherwise, the warning that that we receive from Proverbs here is what we're going to face again and again. What's going to happen? Sinners will entice you. And the word sinners here is not condemning. It's strictly talking about the course of life, the type of life that you will choose to lead. And I want to encourage you to open your eyes and allow God to guide you and to connect to strong Christian people, people that follow the Lord so that you may not sabotage your future. Now, we have several circles here at church. We have our connect groups. We have our teams. We have ways for you to connect to people in this post-COVID area. And our vision as a church from the beginning has been for lifelong connections. I want to see your children grow in this church. That's our mission. I want to see your grandchildren serving God in this church and, and leading worship. I mean, Osmond is going to get old, man. There was going to be a time that he's not going to be able to slap that bass anymore. <laughs> he denies it. If you're single, I want to marry you to your spouse. 
to your future. Let me, let me say that differently. If you were single, I'm happily married. I want to perform your wedding. To your future spouse, uh, your future husband or wife. If you're a business owner, we want to be in your circle to celebrate you all the way to your first million so that we can change the world together. I thought I was going to hear a lot of more celebration on that. Hey, yeah. Don't be greedy. Don't let money have you and change the world with it. That's good. Have a godly heart. If you have a God dream, we want to be, get behind you. You got to be in a godly circle because this is what happens. Sometimes we keep dreams inside, things that we believe God wants to do through us, and we don't vocalize it because we're not in a circle of faith. But when you're in a circle of faith, you can speak the impossible. And those people around you, they're not going to say, that's never going to happen. What they're going to say is, yeah, let's do that. Let's pray for that. Let's see God open the doors for that. And let's see that manifest in your life because God can do the impossible. Circles matter. Circles are important. And Connect Community is made to be a lifelong circle in your life by our mission and by our design. That's why I, my wife, my kids, Jackie, Dan, Osmond, Sarah, Sarah again, Austin, Jeffrey right here, Paola, Liz, Diana, Fabricio, Catherine, Eric, and a bunch of people more. We have been linking arms for years to see this community grow so that we can continue to build a community here in Connecticut that can change the world. And God, in his infinite wisdom, he found to unite us here. All of us here and many of us who are not here with us today but are part of this church. People from every tribe, every nation, people from South America, from Africa, from Austria, from the Philippines, from Canada, people from all the way over from Norwalk. <laughs> they drive on that Merritt Parkway to get here on Sundays. Locals, exiles, people from every corner in the world. Only God in His infinite wisdom would group such an amazing, awesome, a bit crazy group of people together so that we can change the world. I believe there's a divine purpose in it so that we may belong to one another, lift one another, love one another, care for one another. Listen, we're far from perfect, but we have some good fruit. We're not, we have not yet arrived. In fact, we're just starting but I believe that even now, God from His heavenly throne is giving you the understanding and the anointing and the wisdom that you need to choose some good circles. I want to invite David to come and make things way more spiritual with his heavenly hands. You're going to see it. I mean, the moment he touches those keys, it's just going to be holy. No pressure. Listen, if you've had shame in your life, if you've had destruction, if you've had sorrow, if you've had things come upon you that literally came to destroy you, I told you, that came to hit you, heaviness in your life, you need to know this. That is not God's will for you. 
God's will is not that you may live heavy. Scripture says that for those who mourn, God offers beauty for ashes. Joy for mourning. A garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. That's God's will for you. He wants to lift you up. He wants you to be blessed. He wants, you to, he wants to increase you. He wants to put a garland on your head, as the proverb said, and a precious necklace on your neck. He wants to adorn your life with beauty and with wisdom. So let me remind you to say no to sin and to nurture godly circles. And your life will never be the same. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. We love you so much. We're so glad that you're here today. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.